What's going on, Badger fans? Let's talk about how Elijah Hills can elevate the defensive line room. Plus, how are Tywee Walker and Jackson McGonna going to impact this team offensively? If they are, let's do our coach's corner. Let's talk about it. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making this one of your first stops every single day. Really do appreciate it. We got Coach's Corner today. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time as well. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Let's bring Coach in. I normally do Coach's Corner Wednesday, so we're a day late, but we are not a dollar short. Let's jump into it. Um, I want to talk about, we've you and I, Coach, have talked about quarterback. We've talked about Van Dyke. We've talked about the linebackers in the portal. We haven't really talked about the other guys, quite frankly. No. Um, I want to jump into it, and I want to start with a guy who I think certainly is not the most heralded, doesn't come from the highest recruiting pedigree or the biggest school, but he may be the, outside of Van Dyke and some of the linebackers, he might be the most important transfer. That's Elijah Hills, the defensive lineman out of Albany. What do you like about him on film, um, and what are your thoughts on his game? I really liked how Alb- uh, Albany used him. Uh, he's quick. He's really good with his hands. Uh, he's really good on the move. Uh, he slanted a lot. He stunted a lot at Albany, and I really like that in his game. And I think, again, it's a sign with, with the changes they've made to the defense in this recruit or in this recruiting class and this portal class especially, it's signifying some changes that they're looking to make in the defensive scheme. And I think one of those changes is to put some of these guys on the move a little bit more and use that to free up the linebackers to create pressure. So not as much pressure on the defensive line to create pressure, but using the movement of the defensive line to create pressure for everybody else. And I think he fits that uh, spot in the scheme uh, quite well. What do you think about, so Justin, I had a similar take just in terms of the quickness and his movability. He, he didn't have a great statistical year at Albany. Now he actually, sent a kind of a quick text to us and said, you know, the defensive end's got a lot of sacks. Um, right. How do you evaluate, A, the production there, and also the film knowing it's coming from from Albany coming to the Big Ten? Well, and, and part of it is 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 a scheme fit. And what is going on? It's my cat. That's awesome. Um, it's the way they used him at Albany. It's being, being a defensive tackle in a lot of schemes is an unsung hero kind of – thing going to move that light um and again his his job in in the defense last year was to create havoc so the people around him could get the stats it's what happens a lot with defensive tackles and it's why defensive tackles and three four defensive linemen in general aren't as heralded or aren't as it's not a glamorous position he did an unglamorous job uh which is maybe why it's been hard for us to recruit bigger name players to come into the system, whether it be now or before we weren't getting huge names in the defensive line recruiting wise, because what we asked the guys to do, I mean, you look at the biggest names that we've brought in over the last six, seven, eight years, the highest star guys really didn't do much on the defensive line. That's true. Uh, Rand and Craig Howe, I, I it could go on. The, the the higher four star guys, they came in and they played unglamorous positions. It's the guys who 
excelled at those unglamorous positions are the ones who who moved on, Loudermilk and Keanu okay. Benton, both guys playing above above their recruiting ranks because they were kind of willing to do the dirty work. And then they added something on top of it. Um, I think Hill has the potential to do that because he has some quickness and some explosiveness that we don't really have in the defensive line right now outside of maybe moving like TJ bowlers is moving down to D line using some of what he has as an outside linebacker, as an interior defensive lineman could be a bonus to the room. Um, and I think that's why they brought in Elijah Hills because he's that guy right now that is maybe like the prototype of what they're looking for uh, short term. And then you're going to get guys like uh, Willer uh, coming in after that who could easily slot inside and then also kick outside um, and be like a hybrid three tech, four uh, I, five tech, depending on what they want to use. So it. I was just going to say, with all these transfer guys, I'm going to ask you the question, do you see a significant role for them in 2024? I'm guessing with Hills, you obviously do. I think so. If, if he's if he's not in the two deep, I would be shocked. If he's not starting, I actually would be shocked because I don't see many guys on the roster right now that fill the role that he has. Explosive movement guy, mm -hmm. uh, interior-wise. Uh, I don't see it. And, you know, he could even pop out as – as an edge on a, on a run side, you know, if they're going with a three man line, something like that as potentially doesn't have quite the length, but he has the explosiveness. So I think he definitely has a role and especially, and, he, and he's coming in with one year of eligibility. And I think that's yeah. another thing too. The guys coming in with one year of eligibility, they are brought in for a role and I, a role that's going to be similar to what they did where they were before. Yeah. And I think too, when we talk about, cause this is a common question, right? When somebody comes from a place like Albany, and we are spending more time on Hills, but I think it's because he's one of the most intriguing and important transfer mm -hmm. guys in this class. Uh, you know, the common question coming from Albany is, well, will it translate? I think athletic skills translate, right? Like if, if somebody's fast and quick and like it's it's like a receiver. If he runs a 4-4, four, four, if he runs a 4-5 at Albany, he's going to run a 4-4 four, four, or 4-5 four, in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And I think Hills has some of that athletic trait that no matter what, that translates. Yeah, and, and, and the transfer portal has made – it's extension of high school and sometimes guys excel at the lower levels in high school and they get to the big stage and they perform because their their skills translate and sometimes they end up at the lower levels for reasons that have nothing to do with their initial athletic ability it could be any number of factors of why they're at the level that they're at the transfer portal gives those guys a second chance mm -hmm. I'm guessing, I mean, we'll end it here on Hills, but he elevates the room, correct? I think so. I think for sure. Because, again, he's just that athlete we don't have. And we need it, – it's been the, the thing with the whole defense is we need athletes above anything. And we don't – we just didn't have any or not enough anyways. And we made a major change in the right direction in this in this – both in the recruiting class and the portal class. I mean, everything in the front seven is geared towards athleticism in this yeah. recruiting class, this portal class, like above all else. Like there's other yeah. questions with these guys, but athleticism is not one of them. No. All right, we're going to take a quick break there. We're going to come back. We're going to keep going through the rest of the portal guys outside of the linebackers and quarterbacks we've already talked about. I, I want to ping coach and see what he thinks Walker and Magana are, could potentially do for this offense next year or if he thinks those are long, 
not Walker, but he thinks Magana's maybe a longer-term project there. Uh, we're going to do that next on Lockdown Badgers, but first, a quick break for our friends of the show. Um, today's friends of the show are is, is FanDuel, which is our number one source for all of our sports betting, the number one sports book that we use on the Lockdown Network because it's it's fast, simple, user interface is great, payouts are quick, plus new customers right now get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets to build up your, your piggy banks, to, to give you a little more ammunition, to have a little bit of fun. Again, do it responsibly, but everything is on FanDuel from a sportsbook perspective. Parlays, spreads, teasers, futures, and it's really easy to use. They lay it out incredibly simply, even if you're not really familiar with sportsbooks or gambling. It's easy to get started and have a little bit of fun with it. Again, do it responsibly, please. But it's something I use to have a little fun on the weekend. Y'all know I'm putting money on the Niners this weekend. Don't hate me. I'm a Badger fan. I'm one of y'all. I promise, except for the football, the NFL side. And you know I have money on the Pack, the Niners this weekend. So um, that's where I go to do it. But if you believe in the Packers, that's a that's a meaty line, right? Do do a little money line action on the Packers if you think you're going to beat the 49ers and come out of it with a little bit of coin. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's get Coach back in here uh, and continue with this conversation. Coach, I want to shift over to a couple – Interesting offensive pieces they added. Again, we've talked linebackers, you and I, we've talked quarterback. Uh, I want to start with Tylee Walker, the kind of compact upperclassman out of Oklahoma they brought in at running back. Uh, it's an interesting running back depth chart, and he's an interesting player. Let's start with his game. What do you think of Tylee Walker? Yeah, I watched some more of his film today, and one thing I noticed, the first it was never the first guy who took him down. He has, he has great balance uh, the way he's built. He's built very low to the ground, very low center of gravity, and he just bounces off that first tackler. He is he is that thunder back in the spread offense. And I think there's a difference between a back like him and a back like Braylon. Braylon is a thunder back in the, in the pro style stretch and one cut kind of thing. Uh, Tywee is more of a cut and bounce kind of guy, hit, bounce off a guy, and then keep the feet grinding to get to the next level. He's, he's a ladder climber. It's He's always pinging from one level to the next as he's climbing up. And if you take it back like Braylon, he was a, a, a cut and drive kind of guy. So he brings a different dynamic uh, to the offense. And he's a system fit, uh, you know, Playing at Oklahoma before this, I mean, they have a different office coordinator this year, but previously they were an air raid team. This year's scheme, their running scheme was very similar uh, to what we ran run scheme wise this year. So I think he'll be a very good complement uh, to Chez. And he can do everything Chez can do. Maybe not at the same level, but you're not going to lose a pass catcher when he comes on the field. You're not going to lose a pass protector when he comes on the field. He just does it in a slightly different way. Chez is the speed guy. Chez is the slasher. Tywee is the bouncer and the thud and the thumper. Let me ask you this. He reminds me, when he committed, I thought, oh, this is the guy that getting a Tuka could be in two years. Yep. Exactly. They, they, they're they very similar. And I would think, which gives me some uh, real positive thoughts about uh, Gideon, is I think he's Tywee with just a little bit more uh, – pep in a step um he's got a he's got a burst and the quickness of his feet you know Tywee's a grinder and Gideon is just his feet are just 
pounding. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that sets up for the future. And I think it's really, really a good thing that he is in as a early enrollee. I, I think that's a very underrated thing about the running back class is that he's the one who's coming in early and he's going to get looks earlier than maybe we thought. I mean, we were thinking that maybe he was going to be the guy who he might be the red shirt of the group, but he could be the number two power back, uh, especially because who knows what, you know, they're talking about moving Jackson Aker to a fullback H back kind of role. Who knows? You know, there, there are going to be reps available for him. Yeah. And I'll say this too. Once you get on campus, man, those recruiting rankings don't matter anymore. Yep. Like yep. Dylan and Dupree are ranked higher. Doesn't matter anymore. Star, stars don't matter. Stars, yep. stars matter for, for, for us right now. It gives us something to talk about. But once you get on campus, nobody cares. Yeah. All right. So I, I'm assuming this is kind of a layup question, but playing a, a significant role in 2024, Tywee Walker. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's easily the number two back. Um, I, I, I don't want, okay. I'll make a bold prediction. He'll lead the team in rushing touchdowns. Okay. I like that. Cause I think, uh, cause I think, I think he'll be a touchdown vulture. I think he'll, uh, he'll be the inside. He'll be the inside guy. He'll be the inside the 10 guy. Um, you know, Chez might be more total touches, total touchdowns, whatever. But I think uh, he's shown me enough on film that if if he can keep up, and you know, there's not any any rust or anything, whatever, um, there's a very good chance Tyree's going to get some significant carries this year. And by the way, you look back to to last year's team, and I know you you are uh, probably tired of the shotgun versus under snap short yardage <laughs> discussions, but either way, it felt like we were missing a back like a Tywee Walker or a back mm-hmm. like Braylon Allen out of those. Out of, it just, it didn't seem completely perfectly suited for him. It feels like this is a spot where Tywee Walker, to your point, could help this offense be better next year. All right, let's yeah. move on to Jackson McGonough. Uh, tight end, really interesting kid coming out of LSU, was a four-star prospect. Um, this one's a little more interesting in terms of not just the film, but like if you see a significant role for him next year. But let's start with the film, what you liked about uh, Jackson McGonough, the big tight end. Well, all you saw on film from him was highlight real catches. Um, whoever put up his highlight films did a really good job of highlighting. Uh, he's got hands. He's got he's got good leaping ability. He's got good ball skills in the air. Um, he's got a good, he has a good frame already. He's a little bit shorter, you know, 6'4 in comparison to the 6'6". Uh, like Steck is, I believe Steck is six six. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, so there you go. Um, but I think he's going to have a different role. And what I really like about how the offense is being put together is we're getting away from the cookie cutter. Okay, this is what a Wisconsin running back looks like. This is what a Wisconsin tight end looks like. This is what a Wisconsin receiver looks like. Sort of. We're we're sort of getting away from the normal receiver thing where we still haven't got the big guy yet, but um, the tight ends used to be all six, six, two fifty wide tackles. And now we're getting guys who are maybe big slots mm-hmm. and maybe backside X receivers on a single side by themselves, kind of guys, um, fullback types. So I think, I think along with, um, Tucker Ashcraft, they could be more of that slot tight end, more the seam runner tight end, the corner tight end. Um, and I think he's another guy, like I said, who could possibly potentially pop out as a wide receiver on the backside to run a slant 
uh, to run a drag, something like that. I, I see Rob Booker having a similar type role, which is why I thought he went to UCLA in the first place was I thought maybe that's what they were going to do with him. Um, so maybe that's where they're going to cultivate the size in the receiver room is to be mm-hmm. using that that type of frame tight end as well. Um, the only thing is with how much he's going to be used is what does the role of the tight end look like in the offense this season? Because I think there is going to be a shift more towards like last year we were predominantly 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three receivers. I think this year we're going to see significant more 10 personnel with four receivers, um, which we'll maybe get into. We'll talk about Tyree Henry, uh, Tyrell Henry here in a little bit. Um, so maybe there'll be a little bit less opportunities in the base game for tight ends, but you might see more packages with tight ends, more of the two, three tight end sets and moving guys around. So within the tight end uh, room, I think he's going to have a decent role. He has a chance to get a decent role because Riley Nokowski is a fullback. He is going to, he's not going to be, I don't think he's not going to be used as a slot tight end anymore. He's not going to be used to maybe run up the seam anymore. He's going to be used as the H-back fullback type, which is what he's designed for. Um, Jackson Aker, I think, could also be in that kind of role with a little more speed. But the actual you know, tight end, I think he has a chance to get in that rotation uh, pretty significantly. Because right now, again, it's only Tucker Ashcraft and, and, then, the, and then the freshman. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's not a room with a, a ton of – you still have, listen. You still have a, a JTC Greaves in there, but he hasn't proven yeah. anything, right? Like, yeah. there's a couple bodies, but there's nobody you look at and say, "Well, that's an obvious impediment to somebody coming in and playing." Right. So, and, I, then, I and then, again, that's why I'm really thinking that we might see more receivers, because what? I think we have more receivers that have shown something, and I think that I think we saw it against LSU. I think we're better with more receivers on the field. I think the offense is better when Tretch and Will Pauling are on the field at the same time. Isn't that though slightly though? Like I agree with you that that was probably the high water mark of this offense. But isn't that also slightly because of the the lack of impact tight ends that we talked about? I mean, they, it goes to a little bit, right? But I think, um, and I think, and I think that it could come down to well, instead of trying to force tight ends to be impact tight ends when they're not, put right. the receivers in who can be. But I, I think if anything, it shows that we could have some versatility. Again, all all the tight ends we have and all the receivers I have. I, I can see them having roles and have see them being part of packages, which could be – it, it kind of reminds me of those old New Orleans Saints offenses when Drew Brees and Sean Payton were there. It just seems like every week, whoever you started on your fantasy team, the other guy was going to get yeah. all the touches. And didn't matter what position, it was always something like that. That could be like that this year and where the individual stats might not be – mind-blowing but the overall team stats are going to improve significantly well we're going to talk about one of those new weapons coming up with tyrell henry um we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show come back we're going to talk tyrell henry i want to get his uh coach's thoughts on delancey as well and then also who did we mess up in our community rankings in coach's opinion who is he higher on than the community is and who is he lower on than the community is we're going to do that next on locked on badgers but first a quick break for our friends of the show over at game time i've talked about game time a lot because it is the ultimate place to find tickets to any type of entertainment anything comedy with our boy jake ionaro 
uh, entertainment, sports, theater, music, whatever it is, concerts, which I still never been to in my life. But I can guarantee you when I do one, I'm going to use game time to buy those darn tickets. Um, if you're going to the Niners Packers game this weekend, it's not too late. Use game time. Head out to California. Cheer on the Packers if you're one of those. Cheer on the Niners if you're one of those. But use game time to get those tickets at those best prices with the perfect picture of your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what it's going to look like. Plus, last-minute flash sales make it as cheap as possible. There is a reason game time is the absolute best place to buy your tickets. Again, images of seats, lowest prices, flash deals, last-minute sales. It's all there on game time. Snake the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time account. Our app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply again. Download the app, create the account, use code Lockdown for $20 off your purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, let's bring Coach back in here. Um, and let, let's keep talking about this. And Coach, I need to be careful about being overtly a Niner fan on this podcast at this moment because so many of my there's so many people that in this community are Packers fans, obviously. So I'm careful with it. Well, that that's why I have not in my in my brief for you into this fandom have not mentioned my nfl affiliation yet is uh we'll get into that at some point oh that'll be oh yeah we won't well that'll be maybe that'll be the the ten thousand subscriber um you know celebration i'll finally announce who my uh, nfl fandom is he's a vikings fan no, no I'm not. I'll say that. I'm not. <laughs> no. um, all right, let's get into finish up these portal guys. And this is a great talk because you're kind of they've been committed for a while. We've had a little bit of time to digest it, to look at the roster. Uh, let's talk about Henry, the receiver, Tyrell Henry coming out of Michigan State. I he wasn't the guy, I think, when people said we need a receiver most, and I've said this too, we could use a bigger guy on the outside, a Bernard vertically, especially with Van Dyke. He's not that guy, but I still really kind of like what he brings. I talked to a Michigan State insider who said, he's great underneath. He's really athletic. He's going to do some stuff in special teams for you. Um, he's a pretty dynamic player in space. So what are your thoughts on Henry and kind of what he brings to this offense? I think he's a, I mean, he's a solid slot receiver. He can do, he has all the tools to be like Will Pauling. Um, you know, like I said, he's good in space. They use him in the screen game. He's good running up the seams. He's good running up the corners. Um, he could also be that that nice. Uh, he's a little bit faster than Skylar Bell. Um, I didn't see any drops on his tape, so at least maybe he has better hands than Skylar Bell. You know, he he fits into that role pretty well. Uh, he's an improvement in the kicking game for the re returners that we had last year. Uh, we we have not had a good kick returner at Wisconsin since well, Crookshank, I guess, and we let oh, him go. Yeah. Um, he he could be a benefit there. Um, yeah, I kind of wish he could play outside, and, and maybe he can. Um, you know, maybe he they can mold him in how they kind of use Vinny Anthony this year, where he's a little bit inside, a little bit outside, because like. Build wise, he's similar to most receivers we usually end up having here in that six six foot six one range. Um, so he's he's an athlete, and I but I think part of the problem with the with the portal guys is why we're having problems getting the big name guys is because one those big names big tall guys they want big nil and a million touches. Mm -hmm. And we can't guarantee that because one, that's not how the system works. And two, that's not how the NIL department at Wisconsin works. They don't discuss that stuff until you get on campus. Um, so I think that shows the fact that we got him 
that he buys into what his role is going to be. He's happy with what the role he's going to have is going to be. Um, and they see a spot for him. And I think it's going to be in that slot spot outside role, uh, core special teams guy, core returner guy. And then as you know, he's what he's only a, is he a true sophomore this year or is he, or is he a, left two uh, years? I think so. Yeah. So, so he, he could be the heir apparent to Pauling, you know, after this year, um, with, with, uh, Tretch. Cause again, I think they're going to use more 10 personnel. So you can't have just two slots to do that. Um, it could also mean some of the other guys that have been used in the slot, like, uh, Chris Brooks could be bumped outside. Um, I think it's going to solidify that Vinny Anthony's going to get bumped outside. So he's got a spot. He might not get a, a, enough touches this year to be what people expect from a transfer receiver. He'll be the Quincy Burroughs to last year's Will Pauling. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be, he's going to have a role. He's going to, the, the role will grow throughout the season and maybe more next year will be where he has a significant impact on the offense. Yeah, hey, I think your point about uh, – again, we, we talked about this last year and you know, the depth at receiver, and it didn't quite bear bear fruit. But I do think there's a lot of bodies at receiver again this year that I'm still pretty optimistic on going forward. So it's hard – to your point, outside of Pauling, it's hard to look at anybody and say, yeah, I think he's going to catch 30 balls, 35 balls. But right? I think yeah. it is going to be pretty spread out. It's going to be a week-by-week thing. And it's – which is, I guess, kind of a good thing. It's – but we need to have we need to have something more than just Will Pauling, and so if that's going to be spread out amongst the rest of the room, so be it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm not quite. Other than maybe Tretch, I don't know if we have a solid number two consistency guy that we know we're going to get every week. But it doesn't have to be. It needs to be one. It needs to be another guy every another guy every week. It, it could be Pauling, and then there needs to be a number two guy, and hopefully. Somebody, somebody who's still in the room can be this year's uh, Jim Ray DK, mm-hmm. this year's Skylar Bell without the drops. Um, Bryson Green should be that should guy. Be. Should be, yeah. Uh, CJ Williams could be that guy, um, skill wise. So, th- I mean, you know, the guys we were talking about last year are still there, and they all showed flashes. So, mm-hmm. Bryson you know. Green also, you know not to turn this into an entire, entire receiver discussion. That was a guy that was pretty hampered with injuries for a while. It, it, it felt like it took a while for the treads to start moving. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses. Like it was a disappointing year all around for the receiver group from what we expected oh, sure. to what we got. And that's, that's, that's honest, but it took him a while to get going. And I think the injury played a part there because I want to shift this over to, we did a community ranking show and one to 12, who are your, who are your favorite portal guys? I'm going to give you the bottom five in this list. You tell me who the community is. Too low on. You ready? Yep. The bottom five, it's Tywee Walker, Delancey, Sebastian Cheeks, Tyrell Henry, and Long Snapper Pfeiffer. I also want to put Pfeiffer on the list because you can't compare him. That's he fair. is going to do his job. Yeah. He he could be – I would say this. He's, a, he's very likely of this whole list the best shot to be an All-American. Yeah. So there we go. He, he might – he's going to be – he might be the only award winner on this list. But um, I think Tywee Walker is low because I think he is going to be a significant contributor on the offense, um, both in terms of depth and in terms of how he fits 
uh, what they're doing. Uh, my, my, my bottom five were, I mean, I got Pfeiffer at the bottom because, again, I don't really necessarily count him. Yep. Um, Delancey at 11, Cheeks at 10, Henry at 9, and McGowan at, at 8. Just because, again, I don't know quite what they're, where they fit in the depth chart right now um, because they're the more the younger guys. The right. guys who, like Cheek, Cheeks has all the skill in the world, but I don't know where he fits in the defense yet, especially now that they got Tackett Curtis. I don't know necessarily where he fits. Jackson, I'm not – I want to see what – I guess I would re- re- reserve my judgment on him and Hill until after I see them in the spring so I can get an idea of where they kind of fit. And then Delancey, again, it's a he's going to be the nickel corner how much they're going to use a nickel corner in like the true sense, like they did last year with, uh, why is my brain uh, freezing? Matry, that's it. Um, I don't know. Cause again, I think that, I think the defensive system is going to look different. Um, I think we're going to see different guys in that role as well, but he's a, you know, he's a boring for the average fan four core special teams guy. Um, he, he's again, he's another guy who could very easily been up on an NFL roster for 10 years because he can play special teams. Mm-hmm. So He's a great special teams. Yeah, player. yeah, and I and I and I went back and I watched. You know, I I had all that film saved up from where uh, looking at Daquan that I went back and I looked at um, at him playing special teams. And yeah, he's the you know gunner on punt team. He's the first guy down on on kickoff return. He can play kick or on kickoff. He can play on kickoff return. So yeah, I think he's going to have a significant role, but it's a boring role. So mm-hmm. in terms of impact or a flash impact, he'll be lower in terms of making the coaching staff happy. He might be a lot higher. Well, let me give you the top five by the community. You tell me who you think is too high on this list from the community. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Jaheim Thomas, Tackett Curtis, John Pius, and then Leon Lowry. There's your top five. That's that's four out of my five. And um, my top five were Van Dyke, uh, Thomas, Curtis, Pius, and then I had Tyree Walker at five and Lowry at six. So they're just a little um, higher on Lowry. But yeah, I, I like, well, because I think Lowry, again, he's going to be a slightly different. I think Pius is going to be more of, the, I think he's going to get more of the flash with Sacks. He's going to be a, the primary backside rush guy, where Lowry, I think, is going to be more of the front side. He's going to get front side pressure, but he's also going to be the guy who, spills everything outside because with all adding all of these um, athletes to the defense, what they're going to want to try to do is start instead of boxing everything inside, like we've been doing for the past forever, many years, we're going to try to start spilling that stuff to the sideline. And I think he's a perfect guy to do that where he can set an edge and then force the offense to go, to go back into the sideline. I think he'd be a perfect guy for that. And then when, Pius is gone, he could slide over and mm-hmm. take that spot next year, or that could be a spot where LaFelle or Heiberger or or either anybody anybody could. Yeah, I, like, a lot. I, love, I love the frame on Lowry. I, I, yeah. I just think he gives you something that like Pius doesn't give you. I'm a little higher on Lowry. Um, I yeah. but look. Like it's it it's great that they that's probably why it's great that you brought in five linebackers. Yeah, right? like I, I with with the guys that they brought in, like if we're if we're still in that two four looking defense like we were for the most of the time last year, I could see all four of our starting linebackers being transfers. 
Mm-hmm. And I and and I don't think that's even a stretch. Um, you know, I know there are people saying, "Why isn't Jake Cheney in that list?" Well, he didn't play that great last year, and also he doesn't he he needs to be able to run better. And also, I think Jaheim Thomas was brought in to take his spot, mm-hmm. and I Cheney's getting in if Thomas gets hurt. Or Thomas needs a break. Well, Thomas is starting, like period. Oh like, yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you. No, like, there's it, no... it's it's and and Cheney's young, and you know maybe he'll or not younger, anyways. Um, you know maybe he'll um, mature and you know get better as the season goes on. He could also be one of those guys that might say after after spring, you like you know what? Yeah, Dad's been begging me to go to Colorado. I think I'm going to go there. Um, I don't know. So, spring's going to be super interesting for a couple it of is, It is. It is. Cheney's going to battle it, these guys, but at the yeah. end of spring, it comes out. There's that nothing, and, there, and I have nothing against Cheney. I think he was the, of, of the three interior linemen we, or interior or inside linebackers we had last year. I think he was the most consistent. Agreed. Like it wasn't cons- maybe not consistently high grade and he made his share of mistakes, but he was consistent. And that could give him something to work on and he could elevate his game and be a solid number two. Uh, Cause Jim Thomas can also, you know, pop down as a pass rusher. He could also pop down in goal line sets. Again, what I like about the defense is we're not cookie cutter anymore. It's not, okay, this is what Wisconsin outside linebackers look like. This is what Wisconsin inside linebackers look like. You look at our too deep at inside and outside linebacker, you could, theoretically see eight different body types mm-hmm. and I like that. So I hope he plays. I hope he pushes because that means he's outperforming uh, the leading tackler at Arkansas last year, an SEC guy, or he's outperforming a high star inside linebacker transfer from USC. So I hope he plays. But or worst case, like, I mean, if he stays, he, he's a great mm-hmm. depth piece when oh, sure. he, or Taka gets hurt or whoever, right? Because I mean, we need other. we need we need three solid inside linebackers, and you still have a leg grow, and so yeah. potentially you have four solid guys. And honestly, yeah. that's what you need to survive a season. You need a two mm-hmm. deep everywhere, right? Yeah. So, um, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap it there. Again, yeah. we could go on and on and on and on. Um, but as always, he is Coach Anderson. We do this every week, usually Wednesdays. But go check out his work on the Dairy Raid. He puts out a ton of great content, unique content on the dairy raid so go check out his work coach thank you as always for jumping in on wisconsin and we'll talk later next week